Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. And looks like my... What happened to our little screen here? I don't know. But I'm glad that you're joining me, and I just hope and pray that you're having a good week, beginning of the week. And I just want to thank you for dialing in this morning, uh, wherever you're dialing in from. So... I want to continue on our journey with this series I've been into called What's the Point? And today we're going to take a quick look at the book of Colossians. But first I want to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, how many of you have read the Bible from cover to cover? Now, How many of you have read the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament complete, uh, from cover to cover? You know, without skipping and passing and whatever. You know, you could have done that uh, as, as, you know, a regular Bible and the way it's organized. Or they do make one that is, uh, you know, based on a timeline. Uh, you could have read it that way. Or some people like to listen to it on podcasts. But how many of you have, have listened to or read the whole thing cover to cover? <clears throat> I would encourage you to send me a little note and just let me know. And the reason I say that is... Also, along with that question, how many of you really believe that the Bible is the inspired word uh, of God? That it is inerrant and that it is truth and that it is as relevant today as it was uh, during the time of Jesus or even before when it was you know, being offered up by the prophets and God in various different ways. How many of you believe that God's Word is truly God's Word? You know, in Christianity, we believe that God inspired various people through the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, to whether they were prophets or apostles, the disciples themselves that followed Jesus. Uh, some of them were just ordinary people, people that we don't really know about. But we believe that God inspired us and gave us his word through these various people as he, as he culminated it all being put together in what we know today as the Bible or the Holy Scriptures. Um, this was all done by the Spirit of God is what we believe. And God's Spirit is alive and well with us today and teaching us to comprehend his word if we allow him to come into our hearts and open our minds uh, to whatever revelations God would like to give to us. Scripture has been, God's plan, I should say, has been revealed in Scripture. You know, the problem that we have with sin, uh, the problem that humankind has had with disobedience and pride, and the actions that God has, has done and he's offered to his creation uh, as a way of redeeming us or a way of offering us redemption. God has offered that to us uh, as a way to repair the problems that we've created through our own free will and bad choices. And that's what Scripture is all about, is God's plan for us and what he's doing. Now, we know that God's plan, believing in the Scriptures and believing in all the aspects of it, will lead us to a point of tremendous conflict in our life. Because, honestly, you know, you read some of the things that, that Scripture tells us, and it's not stuff that I want to hear. It's not even stuff that I want to believe in very easily, or I want to trust in very easily. You know, that's kind of the nature of it. 
we have to choose to trust in it because we have free will. And free will has led us to all kinds of different evils. Arrogance, you know, where we think we know more than God does. Uh, we're self-deceived many times because of our own pride and arrogance. Uh, sometimes we are judgmental, you know, and we judge things based on not all the facts, but we feel good about it. We feel comfortable with it because, you know, we're intelligent people and we have this, this choice to make. We have free will and we can make those types of choices day to day to day. That, that, that's kind of where free will has led us into a place to where we don't wholly trust God completely. Because of all this, humankind has had to make a free will choice for God or against God. Now, I will tell you this, you know, procrastination on making that choice is still a choice. You know, you either accept God for who he is and how he has revealed himself and for what he has told us and what he has revealed to us, really, or you don't. You know, which side of the coin is it going to be on? You know, where are you going to fall? Where are you going to lead yourself? I want you to know that whatever you're going to choose, you got to be sure that you understand what it is you're choosing. And let me say that again. When you make that choice for God or against God, you got to know what it is that you're choosing. You don't want to be choosing something based on assumptions or falsehoods or anything of that nature. Well, that's where we get this concept of heresy. And heresy is where, really, you take something that's pure and true and holy, and then you start interjecting other things into it because of our free will or because of our opinions or because of you know, our own experiences or our own personal understandings. And it changes what it's all about. It changes the truth of what scripture is. Now, in the Garden of Eden, we know that uh, Satan kind of introduced this idea of doubt to Adam and Eve. And, you know, did, did God really say not to eat of that particular tree in the middle of the garden? That was the question that he posed. He was introducing doubt into the word of God, into what God had told them that they needed to do in order to stay in an obedient relationship with him. You know, so Satan comes on board and he says, did he really say that, you know? And for us today, it's the same. Does God's word really say this about that? Does God's word really, is it still as relevant as it was back in those days? You know, does it still have the same meaning in life in the 21st century as it did, you know, <clears throat> all those centuries ago? It's kind of like, and I've used this example before, where you take a drop of diesel fuel and you put it into, you know, a clear and white, beautiful, perfectly made frosting for a cake. Well, all of a sudden, that frosting is not pure anymore, you know, and, and you'll, you'll taste that hint of diesel fuel. It's the same thing with heresy as, as untruths or mistruths are entered into what we believe the Word of God says. You know, Paul writes this book to the Colossian church, and the reason was because of heresy. You know, heresy was was being introduced back then from all different kinds of, of sources. 
One of them was the religious system that the Jews, the Jewish legalism really is what it was. You know, the Jews who had become believers in Jesus, they were introducing into the teachings of the church in Colossae that you also had to be not just a follower of Jesus, but you also had to follow and perform and do all of these religious traditions that the Jews followed. Well, you know, Jesus didn't say that. That was not part of the teachings of Christ. And then there was this Oriental mysticism that was prevalent in those days. You know, this this other Oriental belief system that was out there, and it was a pagan system in that in that particular city. And it was saying that, you know, when you come into a, a, a relationship with God, a saving relationship with God, then guess what? You become one with God. Well, again, that's that's far from the teachings of Christ. And then there was another one, this Greek asceticism, that said that if you want to be in relationship with Christ, then you have to turn away from all of the aspects of, of the world, of the physical world. And again, that's not what the teachings of the Old Testament tell us. It's not what Jesus told us when he was here and it's documented in the New Testament. But these types of things were being introduced into the truth of Scripture, and it was kind of muddy in the water. So a letter is written to the church in Colossae to kind of tell them that, you know, you need to remain faithful to the one in the true teachings that Jesus affirmed while he was here and that Jesus also taught. You know, holding on to those and believing in them with all of your heart as truth, the truth of God, you know, it's tough to do. It'll put you in odds with other people. Uh, it's just a difficult journey to go on. That's why I asked you earlier, how many of you have read the scriptures from cover to cover? Well, if you haven't, you need to. Because even though there are some parts of the Bible that are boring and, you know, you're like, why am I reading this or why was this put in there? Trust me. You, you need to experience the entire Word of God to understand the plan of God that He has for all of humanity and for the world. It just helps things to make sense. So do yourself a favor. And if you haven't started on that journey of reading Scripture uh, completely, do it. Do it today and do it um, on an ongoing basis. You know, especially as there's all of these other religions and other belief systems in the world that kind of come against us and try and take us off track and try and tell us that, you know, the Bible is not really God's holy and perfect inspired word. You know, there's these other things to consider. Well, if you look at that, there's basically 12 different major world religions in the world. And all but Christianity teach that it is your efforts plus God's efforts that equals some type of a relationship, a saving relationship with God or salvation. He's saying that, or they say that you have to help God in that journey of rescuing us from this world. Well, Christianity says you can't do anything. Christianity says that if you try to earn your way into the kingdom of heaven, all you're doing is muddying the waters. It's heresy. It's wrong. It's not the truth of what God has given to us in Scripture and through the teachings of Christ. So those other world religions teach that it is you plus God which equals salvation. 
But Christianity says that only a perfect sacrifice could ever atone for the sins of humankind. And the only perfect sacrifice would have to come from a perfect God, God himself. And that's what really separates Christianity from all of the other teachings out there. So Paul was writing to the church in Colossae to kind of combat this issue that they were facing, all these other belief systems that were being interjected into the teachings of the early church. Paul was saying, stay away from them. Stay true to the one and true teachings of God and the one and true teachings of Christ. There's a a key verse that I want to share with you out of the book of uh, Colossians. And it says this, it says, Then if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He's reminding them and us. You know, if you are a believer in God and a believer in Christ and a believer in the sacrifice, don't get mixed up with all of these other opinions of things and falsehoods. Instead, stay focused on the relationship that you have with the God that sits in heaven and has redeemed you with his own blood. Stay focused on that. Don't focus on all these other things, all these other activities and things that people are trying to do in order to earn their way into the kingdom of heaven. And it continues, it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, of course. And then it reminds us, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What he's saying in that particular verse is that when we accept God completely for who he is, and we trust God completely for who he is, and we accept his word as his word to humankind, then we have spiritually died with Christ, received the forgiveness that he's provided through his death on the cross, and that we have been united with him in the heavens forever and ever and ever. And that's the bottom line. Do we believe that? Do we trust in that? Do we bank on that? Or do I need to do other things? Do I need to follow these other traditions and customs and you know, yes, we have to live a good life and we want to love our neighbors ourselves and we want to do all these wonderful things that, you know, God and Christ have instructed us to do in Scripture, but we don't earn it. We don't have to do certain things in order to be saved. Instead, the, the, the balance of it all, the major thing we do to be saved, to be redeemed by God is to trust in his provision the trust in his sacrifice, which was his son, who was nailed to a cross for each one of us. That's the bottom line, guys. So I want to thank you for joining with me today and remind you that uh, our new time, of course, is 1145. Uh, Invite someone to join you next week uh, as we do this journey of faith together. Thanks and God bless. Welcome to Tough Questions, where we address the most challenging issues of a real and a relative Christian faith. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or our YouTube channel, Instagram, or maybe the Tough Questions podcast, again, I want to say thanks for dialing in.